welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and event consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Aisle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, pianist and band leader of ElegantMusic.com. The title of this episode is Level of Service, Wedding and Event Podcast, Episode 63. I've had the pleasure of performing for weddings and parties at some of the most prestigious hotels and private clubs throughout Southern California. These locations and their staff consistently deliver a high level of service that their patrons have come to expect. Basically, a high level of service resides in the individual who is helpful. For more about this, please go to the Wedding and Event Podcast website and see the article, The Value of Interest. Most event professionals are artists and find it artistically rewarding to collaborate with their clients on a happy occasion. The conversation in this episode, however, verged on a separate subject I call the disagreeable individual. Now, let me be clear. Helping someone who has a vision for their event is a lot of fun. If they are demanding and specific, That's just fine. That's not a disagreeable individual. The disagreeable individual, for reasons only they understand, are at odds with the very people they have hired to help them. Their attention is on something else. Their intention isn't constructive. There's much more that could be said about the disagreeable individual who indeed seems to get pleasure from making others feel on edge. Probably a good rule of thumb is to hire people you like and put together a good team. Another rule of thumb could be, don't invite people who create problems for you. If you can't avoid doing this, then let your event planner know so that they can be on the lookout. And now please enjoy Level of Service, Wedding and Event Podcast, Episode 63. It was interesting when I got started in Southern California and and started to meet the titans, I call them, of wedding coordination. Carol Rosen and, and did you meet Randy Pellegrini? Randy Pellegrini and Mary Dan and oh yeah, uh, Mindy Weiss and Weiss. Uh, there were these people that uh, I held in, in very high regard because I, I looked at the amount of um, well, I just looked at the quality of event that you guys mm-hmm. are used to doing. Mm-hmm. This took quite a bit of logistics and quite a bit of planning, and and every one of them was a learning experience for me in mm-hmm. that when I'm just, just starting out with this. And one of the things that Mary Dan said was that, uh, Eric, you're not charging enough. And that people are going to look at what your price is and they're going to think something's wrong with your service. And then there was this uh, DJ named Blair Silver. I don't know if you've ever, from, from Orange County. And he was saying, well, yeah, you know, it's... um." It's been six months now since I've raised my prices and I'm going to raise my prices again. And, and I just, I'm like looking at this going like, oh my God, you know, like, is this really, is this real? And so I bump things $25, maybe $50 here and there, you know, maybe $100 for the band. That was kind of like how I, I got into this. But then I began to see, well, they're right, really in that my level of service kept coming up and up and up as my awareness of what it took to have a successful event. In other words, 
music has to be incorporated within the planning process. Oh, yeah. And it has to be incorporated within the coordination process, which are two separate activities I'm now finding out after 30 years of doing this, you know. (laughs) It's very interesting to to see that, yes, I was charging not enough and had some certain clients from various private clubs. And they had a certain level of service that they were demanding, how they were being taken care of by certain personalities within the club circuit, so to speak, and how well they were served. Well, anyway, then I went, okay, I got to up my game. Just say I was more informed. And then I found certain events went really, really well and other events didn't go so well. And I'm going like, well, why? I mean, here's this $100,000 wedding and it didn't go so well, but this $20,000 wedding went really well. Why? Isn't it the amount of money that you spend that would ensure that something goes well? You know, trying to figure all this out. But I really looked to the ideal scene, it seemed, that you and the, these titans were maintaining. I remember we did a, a wedding with, there was a, a gentleman, uh, I think he was African or from Africa. Mm-hmm. And it was in, done in a private home and it was in the backyard. There, there was something that I remember working with you. They, were, they had a DJ. And mm-hmm. I was just doing live music for you. Okay. But it was really interesting how I saw that you just had, you were controlling the guests to go over here. Something was not arriving at the right time or there was a sculpture, ice sculpture or something that didn't arrive at a certain time that we wanted to have in place before we invited the guests into the reception. I think that's what, what happened then. Yeah. Which, if I recall correctly... I had to reroute everybody because the yeah. truck had a back in and yeah, it was a big deal. And I just saw how easily you did that and, and how this was a skill of handling people. And it was a skill in, in you know, looking at the big picture of everything and say, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. It was beautiful. I never really looked at that this was all about money. I've always looked at it, this was all about service. Mm-hmm. And that if I wanted to work again with that coordinator, that I would really take care of the client, and that my service itself was of a level that I would be proud of and very confident of. And then being able to work with clients and really achieving what their vision is or was, that's so rewarding. I think what it is is that you were focused on providing the best service possible and it should be rewarded with a higher fee. But no one is going to pay you that higher fee unless you demand it. Right. And so yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. many of us, you are not alone here. Uh, we're very timid about that. Mm. What a funny thing happens when you raise your prices, you're right, you will lose the bottom 10% Hmm. of your clientele. Hmm. But you will gain uh, probably 5% initially of higher. So at the beginning of it, it doesn't seem like you've made any strides. But if you continue to do that, Hmm. you will move up. Hmm. But let's face it, when you move up, more is expected. And there's sometimes greater 
expectations in the light that you may have more labor-intensive moments where things can change or you're expected to do things within a very short time period where you now have a conflict because you have all these other jobs that were less stressful and strenuous and more predictable. And now you're moving up where there are times when you have to give better service, which may mean uh, being able to contact somebody. And you're working and you need to have a number two in your office mm-hmm. who is knowledgeable enough to make those calls and make those changes for you. There's, there's something to be said. If someone wants to be in that upper echelon, well, darn it, you got to have an organization. Yes. Because if you're trying to do this with you, yourself, <laughs> alone, it is darn hard. And in fact, it will backfire. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I had two people in the office here with me, both part-time uh, in the office. And then on the weekends, they would help me with the weddings. Sure. So what was ideal is that during the week, they'd be working on the very weddings that they were going to be helping with. So that it was perfect that they had an idea of who the people were, what the issues were, where it was. And on occasion, they would attend the rehearsal with me or a final conference meeting if necessary. Because I wanted the client to know that this person really knows what they're doing. And I oftentimes had them, one of them, in the introduction meeting. In other words, so that if someone wanted to hire me, they would know the person's face that would be on the phone sometimes and would be handling details Mm. so that we would not get the call saying, I want to talk to Toby and only Toby. Right. In other words, if that happened, then I considered them an associate, would call or say to them, if I couldn't call them back immediately, Toby's in a meeting, would you like to tell me what the issue is so that I can um, take notes and start working on it if possible? Mm -hmm. And as soon as Toby's available, I'll let her know. And so that got that person at least to express what's going on, my associate could assess if this was serious, critical, or if it was an emergency, that I had to take care of immediately. If it was a serious issue, that meant that, yes, it would need to be focused on, but it may not be an emergency, but it's something that great care would need to be given to, Mm -hmm. and so on. So what I'm trying to say is, as you go up, there are greater expectations and responsibilities, uh, the possibility of them, not always. 
we all can say, oh, they were one of my most favorite couples. They were so easy to work with. And what a joy. And, you know, we all say that from time to time. Mm -hmm. And then you stop and ask yourself, well, did I behave differently? Did I give them better service than I gave somebody else? What did I do differently, Hmm. possibly, that made them so happy and content? When I look at it, if they were a high-end client, I probably did give them more time. And it was appropriate for me to do that. They were paying me for that time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and concern. Now... I've had very challenging clients at that level, and I gave them the same amount of time, even more time than others, because nothing could make them happy. Right. Sometimes there's more hand-holding and guiding, and there's more... Yeah, and and it wouldn't have mattered who I was. No one was going to be able to do for them because of who they were. Yeah. I had this... um this client, she had come through another wedding. This other wedding was just absolutely easy. And it was, mm-hmm. she was very, very nice. The bride and the groom and the family was just wonderful. And then this bridesmaid is now getting married. And I don't think she was a lawyer, but that's how she conducted her correspondence with me. Ooh. And yes, what was interesting was that I would get this very complicated email from her addressing many, many issues issues within within the one email, all out of sequence. (laughs) So a brain dump. Well, yeah, but I have to say is that I understand that that a, a bride doesn't necessarily distinguish when she's talking, let's say, about music, the difference between a wedding ceremony processional and the grand entrance. You could see where they might be confused as being really two different things. And so she's talking about this and this music and that, and this is what she really thinks, and she's worried about this and, and that. And, and will you please clarify, blah, 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 and, and this type of thing. And I had to take, and this is what I developed with her and now it's something that I'm I use in all of my correspondence now is where I would take one question or one issue and I would say regarding RE you know thank you for your email regarding this in, in, thing and I would answer that okay and then I would take the next piece regarding yeah the, and then go next yeah go to the next and then I would answer that and so there were <laughs> There's sometimes six, <laughs> six or seven areas that had to be just parsed out and separated out. At the end of, of my working with her, she did say to me, well, I found you very professional. Mm. It was almost as if she couldn't get me on anything. Like that was, <laughs> like that was her intent. Well, no, no, no. I, I, well, I'll tell you what it is. Okay. You make an excellent point here because you're not alone. And we've talked about uh, this before. When you have um, a client whose sole job in what she does 
or he does professionally is to look for errors, to look for loopholes, to probably justify, you know, a client's needs. It's a mindset that they can't help it. It's who they are. I mean, I literally had a groom at the end of the evening come over to me. I was outside waiting for my car. Everyone had left. It was just the bride and groom and a couple of family members that were left in the hotel Uh that I was observing, at least. And he came over to me and he said, how tough were we as clients? And you know something, I want to be good-natured, but I also want to be truthful. Ooh, and okay. I, and I, I said to him, you're up there. You were up there. <laughs> I did. And I said it in a kind of funny way, you know, I mean, yeah. good-naturedly. I said, oh, you were up there. And so he said, well, would you say we were in the 10% or the 2%? And I said, you're closer to the 2%. And he says, good. And you, you would have thought that that was something that he was... Apologizing for. No, he wasn't apologizing. He wasn't. No. And he wasn't necessarily proud of it. That's why I'm trying to explain this. I hope I'm doing an okay job. What he was saying to me was that's our nature. We were acting like we usually do. It wasn't to you personally. Mm-hmm. It's just who we are. Okay. Thank you for talking about this. There's a, a family that we know, and I've done some work for this family, and they gave a very nice review of their experience with elegant music. And then they said, we are picky you know, discerning or, they're, or they, they want what they want. To tie in what I was talking about before about the Titans and then how you uh, goddesses are taking these, these weddings that are just amazing productions and bringing them through to a very successful result. And that I saw that that was being demanded of you by these clients. I won't just generalize and say, well, it's the country club people or it's the very wealthy people or it's the... No, no, no. There's, no. There are certain people that they have a vision or they have a, a way of doing things and they want to be understood. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really something and that they will get upset with somebody who didn't get a very important part of, of what, they, what they wanted. On the same token, sometimes they haven't fully expressed what it is that they really wanted. And that it's almost like a surprise me type of a thing. Well, I'd like to surprise you, but I'd like it to be in a good way. There was a couple that came over and we were talking about the different locations that they were deciding on. And he just said, well, you know, I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And I'm thinking, you know, you didn't like the Riviera. (laughs) You didn't like La Venta Inn. What did you expect or what were you hoping for with them? And these people were not booked yet. Well, he says, I want 
someone to basically wait on me hand and foot. And if I change my mind, I want them to snap to and get what I've asked them to do. Ooh. Yeah, this guy's insane. <laughs> well, no, he's not insane. He's unrealistic. Well, I've had clients like that in trying to understand someone like that is if are they paying for that level? Here is the difference. If they're at the Riviera Country Club and that kitchen for banquets, it, when I was doing uh, weddings there, was directed by very capable, oh. you know, uh, chefs and managers, there's a certain level of respect for, for the kitchen you have to have. Oh. And if you recognize, and this is the most important thing, if you recognize that you have a client who is demanding, who does expect total um, attention and whatever they want, they want. If they're willing to pay for it, I don't have a problem with that. The challenge is they're in a location that has certain rules and regs and their demands are not able to be met because of the house rules. Mm -hmm. And even if you can talk to the general manager, whomever, and I've done that when I have gone and said, look, this got incoming here. <laughs> Didn't see this coming. Uh -huh. And because if, if sometimes what I will do is, is tell a, a general manager or the, the head chef or whomever, look, we've got... We, we have a guy. challenge. Yeah, we have a challenging situation. Right. And so we have to be on our toes. And if you know early enough, you can charge them properly. I'm just realizing this now. Is that are their requests counterproductive to the event? In other words, are they countercreating this event? In can you words, give me an example? Well, I, I you know... Because to put it into concrete terms would be really helpful. Uh, I can give you an example okay. of a counter. Go one. ahead. Go ahead. You're, you're at a beautiful hotel, yeah. five-star, you know, a wonderful dinner. Because it's a very large group, um, maybe 300 or more people, sure. uh, the host who has a very lovely reputation, uh, the mother of the bride, but does not want to spend top dollar. She wanted the cocktail hour to be magnificent. So she put her money in the cocktail hour. She still served nice, a very nice dinner, but just not 
the equivalent to what the uh, rehearse uh, the um, cocktail hour was like. Okay. okay. So somebody complains about the sauce that's on the, I don't know if it was filet or if it was a, you know, porterhouse steak. I, I don't remember exactly. Yeah. But I'm saying this was a nice meal. Yeah. And I said, no problem. We'll be glad to uh, cook that fresh for you again. Mm-hmm. It's not question of removing the sauce it's that person wanted a new steak Mm -hmm. and i said uh it may take 20 minutes and i got a dirty look like you wouldn't believe and sometimes i let that go but i saw this gentleman walk over to the host after i had reached uh the kitchen And I said, oh, my God, he's going over to complain. I was trying to be realistic. So in case he wanted to dance or do something else, he knew he had 20 minutes to to wait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was thought I was being thoughtful. So he comes back to his his uh, table and just with this kind of Cheshire cat face on, you know, like, ha, 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 I, you know, I'm going to get what I want or I did you in. Whatever it was, it wasn't good. Oh, oh okay. Which is, I consider counterproductive. Yes. It's, waste, it's wasting my time oh, where yeah. I, could, I could be taking care of other people. Mm-hmm. And I was, was kind and reasonable. And I said to myself, that's, that's not acceptable. I did not go to the client, which most people would say they would go over and they would try and justify why they did what they did. Right. No way. No. I went to the kitchen, got the maitre d', and I said, he's a problem. Right. I know you will know how to handle him. And I told him briefly what happened. Right. The maitre d' went over. I don't know what he said to him. Uh-huh. He probably brought him some little thing to make him happy during the 20 minute wait. You know, maybe he brought him uh, a couple of caviar, you know, or d'oeuvres or something. Who knows? You know, but he did something. And the mother of the bride came over to me later in the evening and said, Well, I see you handled him. And I said, well, I tried. She said, he's a jerk. Yeah, I'm okay. not surprised. Yeah. And she walked off. You know, that's what I'm saying. There are times that people will do something that is just unreasonable. That's right. This guy wanted people to jump to whatever his odd request might be. I said, well, um, wouldn't you work all that out before the event? In other words... Yeah. You know, you know what your dinner is, you know, you, it's all in writing or what you're paying for. Yeah. Um, if you want that extra sautéed spinach or something like this, you know, that's not on the menu and not you, that you would let them know ahead of time that you're that you like sautéed spinach and they'll they'll make sure that you would. He says, oh, no, no, no. I want them to, uh, you know, 
take back all the wine and we're going to do another bottle of wine or something, or we're going to create some kind of an upset or some kind of a situation where everybody's on edge. And that's what he wanted for his own wedding or for his own event. Yeah. It's it's hard when people behave that way. That's counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize those small things that happen like that. Oh, have a ripple effect. They do. And they take you away from the overall attention. Um, And that's one of the reasons why when you do have uh, a pretty elevated event, you always have backup with you. And that's why I always had an associate with me just for those reasons. Mm -hmm. So that one of us always remains in the room attentive to what's going on because while yeah while i was dealing with that situation my associate was watching the room and making sure if anyone left if they were prominent to the family we knew where they were Mm -hmm. in case something was about to change and vice versa if if one of my associates got into a situation, I was there to back them up right. and take care of that. That's what service costs. It's those kind of of elements that make it worthwhile to charge someone extra for. Hmm. So I think it's not that you want to tell tales when you're... Uh, interviewing with uh, potential clients. But when they give you an opening, like, well, why is your service $500 more? Or why is, uh, why do you have an extra person, you know, on your team for the entire event rather than some of the other people that I've, spoken to that kind of um, alternate or uh, like a if you're having a race and the baton is passed a relay and so I would say well there are times when a guest needs extra attention something happens mm-hmm. and you want to give everybody equal attention and be gracious with them as you would be with a guest in your home. And that's how I approached it. We assume this is a large party and it's in a hotel or somewhere else because you are the host. Mm -hmm. So, we are backing you up to the level of your expectation. Mm. And that is why those assistants are there. They may look dormant at times, but they're not because they're watching, attentive to what everyone's needs are. I once had a a woman come up to me and, and the room was too cold for her. So what do you do? You can't change the temperature of the room for one person. 
Now, if several people come to you and say it's too cold or too warm, well, of course, you want to, you know, try and merit merits making a, a, a change. But one person. So you try and accommodate them. And you, you say, well, let's see where the air vents are. I, maybe there's one near your table. So maybe we could change your seat. Or I have a... I always carried a half a dozen shawls with me, nice ones uh-huh. that, you know, could cover somebody's shoulders. So I would say, would you like a wrap and remain in your seat? Because if you get up and dance, you'll probably get warmer. But sitting, I can understand for a long period of time, you might be cooler. She walked away. I don't know if she was really happy. But I gave her the options that were reasonable. And I said, just let me know if you want to move your your seat or if I can give you a wrap. Or she went onto the dance floor and danced. That's <laughs> so an that, exercise. Yeah, she warmed up. She got warmer, yeah. let me tell you. Yeah. Anybody does when they're dancing. Sure. You know. But it's funny how that happens, isn't it? You know? You try and give everybody the best level of service you can. But you have to be realistic in what you can do and what realistic in what they can expect. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795. Or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at tobydodge.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.